Welcome back to the Fearless Fostering Podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Burst, LCSW, and I am so excited to be joined today by Ashley Moore. She is a foster and bio mama extraordinaire. We connected on Instagram, and I'm just so thankful for your willingness to share your story. So thank you for being here. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored that I get to have this conversation with you. Ugh, honor is all mine. But I want I, I would love for you to start at the beginning and just tell us a little bit about your family and your story and your kind of venture into foster care. So I'm a really big talker, so I'm gonna do my best to make it concise because I when we did our licensing paperwork, the our home study, if anybody who's listening has done a home study, you know it can be really intensive. It takes a long time. They come and sit and they want to know every aspect of your life. Well, my husband kept like squeezing my knee. He's like, Shh, stop talking. If you stop talking, she'll stop writing. You know, one of those things. I'm like, but I have so much to say. Um, but I'm gonna make it as concise as I can. So uh my husband and I started dating in college. We went to a really tiny college in Illinois. Um, we started dating in college and our very first, we had been best friends for a while. And then, um, we were like, okay, let's see if, if dating works out. And, and so our very, you might hear some baby gurgles cause he's on the floor right here with Perfect. me. My four month old is, life. <laughs> um, yeah, that is that daddy took the, the, t- the twin girls, but, um, he's, he's here with me. So anyways, um, so our very, my, our very first date, like officially we're not, you know, we're going to move this into a different zone. Um, I asked him, I said, are you open to foster care and adoption? And he said, I've never thought about it. I said, that's totally fine. I said, think about it and let me know, because if your answer is no, then this is going nowhere. Cause I will be a foster adoptive mama. Like I've always, I can't even pinpoint a time where I knew it like that's just always been a part of who um just the makeup of how God created me and so I was like I am going to be a foster adopted mama so if you're not that's fine uh, obviously not mama data but if you're not that's fine but like I need you to figure that out because we need to that's going to determine where this goes so God is so cool in how he works because that very same month that we started dating um my husband's brother and his wife And then my sister and her husband, they both started doing foster care in the same month that we started dating. And so we really, I know, we got a front row seat to see what like the the ins and outs, the hardships, the blessings, all the things that have to do with foster care. We really got to see kind of like the front line of the the battlefield, if you want to say that. Um, So we got to see that. So uh, he opened his eyes and he was like, okay, I, you know, I think I could be a part of this. I think that if God is calling you to this, then, um, then I'm going to, I'd love, love to be a part of this as well. Um, to go a little further back, I come from um, my, I'm a daddy's girl through and through. I love, love, love my daddy. Um, but uh, when I was a teenager, <laughs> that little baby gurgle, I can't help it. Um, when I was a teenager, my dad uh, became addicted to alcohol. And so um, that kind of really ate up a lot of our family. So I always knew I was going to be a foster parent. um, And then coming from this um, trauma, if you want to say, of living with an addicted parent, um, it just kind of opened up the door even more. Um, And and God uses everything. And I really think that because of living with an addict and having an addicted father, um, who I love dearly, and I still to this day love him so much. I think because of that, though, it helped. It, God gave me lens to see my kids' parents in a very different way because I love my daddy. 
And no matter what he's done to my family or how he's hurt us, um, I love my daddy and he will always be my daddy. Um, and he actually, my husband and I were engaged. Um, we were about to be married when he took his own life um, due to the addiction. So I just have a lot of compassion. And, and I say a lot of times, like people who are under the influence, people who are sick, because I call it a sickness. My dad died because he was sick um, because people who are sick, um, will not make logical decisions. And so when we try to rationalize and make logic out of our kids' parents' decisions, it just doesn't work. So anyway, so we, my husband agreed. He was like, yeah, we're going to do foster care. We got engaged. We got married. He, we agreed before we were married that we were going to wait until we felt stable, financially stable, emotionally stable. When we were stable, we would do foster care. Um, so we had been married. We have been married for about three to five three to four years at this point. And I just looked at our home and um, we had a three bedroom, two and a half bath town home. And I just felt God saying, you know, those kids aren't making the choice on if they're ready or not. Like you might not feel like you're stable. You may not, because we still felt young. I mean, we were 25. So we still felt young. We still felt like we didn't know, you know, all the things. And um, but I really just felt that pressure of like, you have space in your home. And we had had people live with us on and off. Um, we had only been married for like three months. And my husband called me and he said, uh, Hey, there's this guy at work who just started today and him and his wife don't have someplace to stay. So I offered for them to live with us for a while. And I was like, you know, being married for three months, I was like, okay, um, love your heart. I love your heart. Next time, just run it by me. And I, the answer is probably yes, but just next time. But I love that. So we've always felt called the hospitality. So we had had people live in and out within those, those three to four years. And then um, we just hadn't had anybody in a while. And so I, I was just like, I just feel like the time is now like ready. So I brought it up to my husband and he was like, no, now is not the time. And I was like, okay, I'm feeling the call from the Lord, but I don't want I don't want this to be my thing. It can't be that I'm doing foster care. It has to be us because that's, this is not going to work if this is, a, if this is my thing. So we prayed about it, prayed about it. And um, he said, okay, well, we can take the classes. Like, I'm not going to commit to it, but like, let's take the classes. And this whole time I'm trying my hardest to not push because I'm such, I'm a very intense person. So like when my mind is made up about something, I'm like, let's go. So I'm doing my best to like rein it. And I'm like, all right, let's let God work. This is not Ashley's show. This is, you know, let God do his thing. Um, so we started the classes and we actually had friends from church in the class with us. So that was super fun. So it was like the, every Thursday night, we got to go and hang out with them for three hours. And that was awesome. Um, then we were talking about it, uh, in the middle of the class, we were probably halfway through our classes and we were kind of, we were on our way to Disney. We, we, we're pass holders. So we get to go, we have passes. I know it's very, 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 <laughs> very blessed. So we only live an hour and a half from Disney. So, um, Monday through Friday, we have passes that we can go Monday through Friday. And, uh, so we were actually on our way to Disney. We were going to go to a Lauren Daigle concert. She was playing in Epcot. Um, and we were on our way and we like got into this argument about like, um, when we should start and if we should start and what that would look like. And, um, when we got there, we ran into one of our pastors and his family and they were fostering a little boy on in the process of adopting him. And so 
God just ordains every moment because we were on our way to the concert. We ended up not going to the concert and going with them and and walking around and riding rides with them and stuff. And um, I got to talk to uh, the pastor's wife and just like she was encouraging me and praying with me. And and he was talking with our, with one of our pastors. And um, he ju- he was just really honest with, with my husband. My husband's name is Chad. He's really honest with Chad and just said, you know, I don't want to do foster care. He's like, this is not something that I want to do. He said, but this is something that God has called us to do. And if God has called us to take care of vulnerable children, that's where the blessings are. That's where Jesus is. We need to go to where Jesus is. And so my husband, like his whole, his whole world is shifted. He's like, okay, he doesn't want to do it. Like this pastor who we look up to, who we love and who is doing it doesn't, is is admitting that this is not fun for him. But this is something that he has to do. And that's honestly where the blessings are. That's where Jesus is. Um, so he said, yeah. So I often will say that my husband is a much better advocate for foster care than I am because I, I it's innate in me. Like, I want to do it. I love it. Um, it there's definitely big challenges, but I, I still like that's that's how I'm wired. Whereas my husband's not wired that way. But he said yes anyways, because that is what we are called to do. I love that so much. And I feel like, that is what we are called to do so much. Like, and I, that resonates with me because I mean, it wasn't something that my husband and I ever sought to do. Like we were like, that's a really cool thing that maybe that like other people do. And then it, it we, we just never really like thought it would be part of our story. And then all of a sudden, like you said, God ordains every moment and we're like, boom, 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 boom. He was lining it up over the years. And we're like, okay, now it's pretty much like undeniable that like, yes, we're going to do this. And it felt so scary. It felt so like, I was like, okay, God, I guess like, you know what I mean? It was that Uh kind of like for, for me too. Um, but yeah, super glad we did it and super awesome to have that perspective of like, it's not because like, it's going to be so fun and so great. Like, it's like, it's going to be really hard. It's going to be the hardest thing we ever do, but like, this is where Jesus is. This is where the blessings are. This is where we are called as Christians to like go out in love and not just stay in our own little bubble. So that's a very good because it's not it's not the world way right like and it, it's interesting like we just have to keep going back to we're supposed to be in the world but not of the world and and if we really dissect what that means but it is not the world is not going to say make your life more uncomfortable right like yeah. the goal I feel like especially in our culture is how can we be as comfortable as possible how can we make the most money and have the most things and and not have to worry about anything else like what how can we eliminate all of the stress and all the worry whereas I really feel like I have um, one of my favorite Bible verses I have tattooed on me. It says, um, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, in this world, you will know trouble, but take heart for I, will, I have overcome the world. And so that kind of for me is like a calling, like, okay, I'm going to walk. Where is the trouble? Like, let's find some trouble. Let's get into some trouble. And, um, and cause that's where he is. And so let's, let's mm-hmm. go find it. Cause that's where he is. That's so good. That's so true. Exactly. Like we grew so much in our faith, my husband and I, and in our relationships together, from fostering like we appreciated each other in a new way we appreciated god in a new way we loved other people in a new way like it was yeah wild so yes okay so when did you guys get your first call like what was that first initial like after your classes and after you were licensed what was that like it's wild it was wild so um it was when the world shut down honestly we got the call on friday and um saying hey, we have this kid. He's actually, it's a brother set. Would you be interested in taking the brothers? They were 11 and six. 
or 11 and five turned six with news with us. And I said, I said, you know, we really honestly don't feel confident enough to do an, an older kid at this point. Um, we just didn't, we, and I think that's super important too, is to set your boundaries and know your boundaries and stick to your boundaries. Um, unless God's calling you outside of them. Like if you feel yeah. a very specific call from God to step outside of that boundary, to stretch yourself, do it. But we knew like we had an age group that I felt comfortable being a parent to, and I wasn't ready for the preteen yet. I wasn't ready for it. Um, all this stuff that comes along with that. So I said, you know, I'm so sorry. They're like, well, we really honestly need to put them in different homes anyways, because they're not doing well together. Um, so would you be willing to take the five-year-old? And we we're like, yeah, we'll take the five-year-old and, you know, we can keep contact with the other brother and all this stuff. And um, so we got the call. He came over um, and within the first like 30 minutes of the caseworker coming over, he locked us out of our house. So we stepped because it was, like I said, it was the week in the world shut down. So the world was like, there was nobody could come inside your house anymore, like all, all this stuff. And so she came over. She's like, I can stand off of your porch. If you can stand on your porch, we're like, yeah, that's fine. So we walk outside onto the porch and she's talking to us. And, and all of a sudden we <laughs> locked the doors and we didn't have a key. We didn't have any way out. So it took some coaxing and convincing um, him to like, Hey buddy, like if you just like turn, you know, and we like, don't, we don't even know each other yet. Right. Like we're, we only been together for like a half hour. So, um, so he did, he opened it, he let us back in and um, it was, it was so sweet. So within 24 hours um, of having him, he accidentally called me mama. And I said, and we both kind of like froze and I looked at him and he looked at me, he goes, can I call you mama? And I said, said, Hey buddy. And thankfully I had learned, like I said, like we have a lot of people in our life that do foster care. So I've been, I've learned so much already. Um, so I've always learned that you let the kid did not put themselves in foster care. So whatever the child wants, you lead, you lead with the child. You have to love love biological parents. And, and not everybody has this point of view, and I understand, and that's okay. But I will go where the child leads. And so I said, yeah. buddy, do you want to call me mama? He said, yeah. I said, I can be mama, actually. That's okay. You have your mama, and then I can be another mama. That's okay. And he and so, so from then on, and it took less than a week for him to call my husband, dada. And so from then on, we were mama and dada. And so it was like attachment for with him was like immediate. It was like so quick um he was uh such a bright light he of course had a lot of big big things too any kid with trauma I mean it was like that first week I think he threw um a chair at me a laundry basket at me like he was uh very uh got pretty violent when he flipped his lid is what we call when he was dysregulated um and but he also was the most compassionate sweetest um emotionally observant little boy that that you could ever meet so he was our first so it was interesting because the world shut down him and I my husband was an essential worker so he was going to work every day and and um him but our son and I were we were at home 24 7 and it was it was a lot it was pretty um it was because it was our first time being parents so it was our first time being parents. We have this little five-year-old that has all this trauma. Um, we can't do visits with his with his mom or his brother. So everything's over Zoom. Um, it was it was a lot, but it was um, it was very sweet. We had him for eight months, and then him and his brother uh, moved back with their mama. Unfortunately, we don't have contact with them. We don't know what happened. Um, we had tried to build a relationship with his mama, but she did not like how attached he was to us. And so there was some hard feelings there. And so, you know, um, 
but he was already in therapy. So his therapist was amazing. Um, I know a lot of people think that play therapy is like a joke, like let my kid go. I am like the biggest advocate, especially my husband too. He was like, he was like, it's a joke. Play therapy stupid until we had play therapy with our first son because it, she would rewrite the narrative. Like we would be sitting there playing something. I will never forget um, when they gave us the call that he was leaving. They wanted him to move with, it was like 24 hours after the call, um, but we had already had a trip planned. And so they allowed us to go on the trip. And so we were on the trip and we were doing a zoom therapy session and we were playing with train tracks and the trains were going and he's like, this is mama's uh, city and data city and Jaden city. His name is Jaden. He's like, this is where we're going. And, um, the therapist like made the connection and see how like Jaden city and mama, you can still go and see mama city, but then you go back and like, just like made this whole connection for him to sit. see, we still love you. And, mm. um, and that trip actually gave us enough time for him to ask those questions. When kids move really quick, sometimes they don't have the time to process or ask questions, but he was able to get some of that. And so he asked me, he's like, do you not want me to live with you anymore? And, um, the fact that a, a six, because he had turned six, the fact that a six-year-old can verbalize that, I'm just like, you are very emotionally intelligent, child, like that you can say that. So he asked and I said, you know, I will always love you. You will always have a spot in my home. You will forever be a part of mommy's life and a part of mommy's story, even if I don't get to see you anymore. I said, but right now, the next step for you is to move back with your first mama. And that's a good thing. And she loves you and she misses you. And so we got to talk through that and work through that. And um, yeah, it was it was hard, but it was good. So that was our that was our intro into becoming foster parents. Wow. Okay. And like right now, you that's not, you know, obviously he is back with mama and it's a different story. But if people came to like check in on your Instagram per se right now, they would see a different story, which Right now, do you want to tell us a little bit about who's in your home currently and how did that come to be? Yeah, so we had a couple kids between our first kid and, and um, who we have now. But when we um, are our placement before what who we have in our home right now is we had um, him for about 18 months. And before he was able to reunify with his daddy and we actually still have contact with him. We still get to see him and he just got baptized like a, a couple months ago, which is so sweet. So like we have a really, really great relationship um, there that we still get to keep that communication. Um, so we have a rule that for however many uh, every month we take like a day or a week off. I can't remember because it's been so long, but we, we take an extended period um, in between placements just so that we can get ourselves healthy because I was his mama for 18 months. And then he, all we go from like being together constantly to not being together. So even though we had a lot of struggles in that time, like I was, I was still his mama. So we have to take time. I don't want to like project onto my next kid like all of like okay I don't have him but I have you right like yeah so um so we we took some time and then when we were ready to open our license again or uh we didn't necessarily close it we just told them that we were pausing um so when we came out of that um we had gotten a few calls and we had actually every our rule was like I would I get the calls I have to ask my husband um because I would just say yes to everything right to anybody and everyone um my husband has a lot more logic he's like well that doesn't make sense for our family or that doesn't you know we're both working full-time we can't you know we can't do this we can't do that so um so I there had been two calls about uh kids that I had hung up I had called my husband and I said hey you know, what do you think about this? By the time we were able to get back, they had already been placed, which was great. I'm like, all right, Lord, like they already have homes. 
Um, and then I got a call at work and um, the, the placement specialist said, I have twin three-day-year-olds. Are you interested in taking them? And I was like, we've never had a baby before. All of our kids were three or older. We had three to a preteen. And I was like, I let me and twins. That's two babies at one time. So never we never had one baby. So now you just want to give us two babies. Um, So I was like, let me ask. Right. Let me ask my husband. Well, we had already after the last placement where they took time to get back. Hold on one second. I'm so sorry. My sweet baby. He might join us. Um, When I. uh, There we go. When I, um, say hi. when I got the call, I was like, all right, well, let me, let me go ask my husband. So we worked at the same place at the time. So I just walked down the stairs cause we worked on different floors. I went down the stairs and I said, um, Hey, so don't freak out, but what do you think? And he had just gotten back from a really bad meeting. And so he's like, I can't make this decision right now. You need to make this decision and it'll just be what it is. And I was like, great. So the answer is yes. So I, what I did, exactly, exactly. So what I did was I actually called a few of my support people and I was like, Hey, can we take twins? Can we take twin babies? Um, Because I was like, I can't do this on my own, Um, especially working full time. Like I, thankfully I worked at a place where I did get maternity leave, even for foster care placements. Um, So I knew I could take some time, but I still, I was like, I still can't do this by myself, right? Like foster care in general, you can't do it by yourself, but I was like twin babies. I can't. So, um, so the very next day, you're four days old, uh, a caseworker and a support worker, um, brought two pumpkin seats, which is what we call baby carriers, brought two baby carriers into our house and just, you know, handed us these, um, our littlest was uh, four pounds, four and five pound baby. And, um, we were like, okay lord all right here we are um obviously it took us like zero minutes to attach to these little babies um they stole our hearts from the very beginning um so through uh it's a really long story and i'm sure you'll ask some questions about it but through this really long process um after uh 20 months we officially got to adopt them to, um two weeks ago and they are now ours forever. So we get to be their mama and dada forever. Um, so we've had them since they were four days old. They came straight from the hospital to our home. Um, and now um, now they're ours forever. Wow. Well, congrats to your fam. That is literally. Thank you. I know it's like, it's so, it's it's all the feels, but it's just like when you are the mama and the dad to, to these kids, it's like, when adoption day comes, I do think it's okay to say, we're celebrating this. We're celebrating this yeah. forever for this child. We're celebrating. I know that some people that can have like a mixed connotation for, but I do feel it's important to be able to say like, we are so overjoyed that you're with us. We're so overjoyed that we're here yeah. with you forever. And I just think, yeah. Yeah. So you guys are still riding. And that, you can like- totally. And you can hold all the feelings. I have, my girls have this book called the Crayons book of feelings, which I love. Yes. And I, highly suggest it but it just tells you like it's a different feeling for each page and then at the end it says it's okay to have all the feelings all at one time and I'm Mm -hmm. like that is adoption day adoption day is holding space for all the feelings all at one time we I mean we cried so many tears of joy which was so sweet my husband was like didn't understand why I was making it a big deal because he was like they've always been ours like we don't like we feel no different we have a four-month biological son now 
um, which was our big surprise. So, but we feel no different about him than we do our girls. So like, don't understand, like, why am I making a big deal, a big deal about this? And then when the judge declared that they were ours forever, um, we were both just like weeping um, just because the finality of, of not having to stress because there was a lot of hiccups in our girls' stories and there was a lot of scary moments where um, just a, a lot of scary moments where the, the um, there was a person who actually had an abuse record um, who was potentially going to get to take the girls and the um, there was people fighting really hard and that was what was going to happen. Um, and so there's a lot of scary moments. So finally getting to this point where it's like, okay, like this is, you know, the judge is like, they are as good as biological children. Like the state does not recognize them as any different. They are yours forever. Um, getting to hold that. Um, and then also just hurting because, you know, we did We were at lunch and we had a celebratory lunch. And and that lunch, I got to pray for their mama because I do love their mama and I do hurt for their mama. And I do want her to be healthy the same way that I want, wanted my dad to be healthy. And this is what my last, our last kiddo, I told his dad on the phone. I was on the phone with him at the beginning of our relationship. And I said, listen, this is my story. And this is my dad. And my daddy never got healthy for me that's not going to be your son's story. You are going to get healthy. So my prayer for my girls, and I, I still send her emails. I, I We haven't heard from her um, in about a year, which is really sad, but I still send her emails with updates. And I, and I, and every email I said, we're praying that you're able to be healthy um, because mm-hmm. I, that is my prayer for my kids' parents is that if, if they can be healthy, I want them to be healthy because that is redemption. And that's what Jesus wants. So mm-hmm. That is yeah. so, so good. And so much of your story resonates personally. I, we had the same, a very, very similar story happen with um our daughter when she was in care. She was in our care for a really long time. And then, yeah, a person came forward that we had no knowledge of prior, but they were like, no, this is going to happen. Like she's going to go there because they're biological family. And they had had a record. I was like, oh. but like, I just was like, you know, it's so frightening to think about, but also you understand, yes, yeah. I get that the biological family is like so important and um, yes. it's, it's all the things, as you said. Um, but yeah, the finality. Me, can I the touch judge... on that real quick? Yes, please. Okay. So our, so this is, I just want to make sure this is just a crazy, but the, every story is unique and every, every single situation is so crazy. Um, in our case, when the girls were about a month old, um, there was a paternal aunt who I had been put in contact with. Um, the girl's dad, actually biological dad, passed away before they were born. Um, so it was the alleged paternal aunt because the mom had not identified a father. Um, and she um, she reached out to me and she said, hey, I'd like to get a DNA test just to confirm because you know my brother actually never knew about them and this and that, but their mom is claiming, yada, yada, yada. And so the state set me up to like the caseworker called said, this is where you're going to go. This is what you're going to do. Got the paternity test, um, found out that they, who, you know, that they are actually, um, which is so fun. I'm glad that I have it because if you see pictures of our girls, they look nothing alike. Like they literally, you've never seen more opposite humans. We have a blue eye. We have a brown eye. We have brown hair, blonde hair. We have one that's a little bit bigger and one that's super petite, like, and personality wise, like they're like, I would think that they had two different dads, you know, because I know that's uh-huh. possible to have twins with two different dads. So I was like, I would think 
so we have it. I'm like, I know that you're, you know, if you grow up and ask me this question, I know for sure that you are uh-huh. 100% twins. So you are fully yes. biologically related. Um, so we had, uh, we had, they, their, um, their aunt paid for it. We, we found out blah, blah, well, this, then the judge, the mom's lawyer fought against it because it was like, hey, we did not authorize this. So somebody random just came up and asked for a DNA test. And so then that kind of got thrown out. The judge was like, yeah, we cannot accept this because there was not like the, the mom did not authorize this. Um, wow. While it was that a family member within that family who has an abuse record who came forward to take the girls. Um, this family member is in their 60s. They have two grown-up children that are not healthy, um, just a lot of unhealthy situation there. And the entire paternal family, other than this one person, did not want this person to have. Um, there was abuse against the girl's biological dad, like on record, against the girl's biological dad. And they're like, how are we not? And this is who the girls were going to go to. Um, yep. This is who they were, because blood trumps all is how it used to be. But actually, there's a new law in the state of Florida that, so we actually ended up getting our own lawyer who got on meetings with us, who was like, actually, it's law that if a child has been in a home for six months or more, they have equal standing to a biological relative. But because it's a new law, it's still not being recognized. And so it's still we're still fighting this battle. Um, so what ended up happening with our girls is we we found out actually the girl's aunt, the paternal aunt, the biological paternal paternal aunt found out about this thing called an intervention, which is where um, the biological parent can sign over their rights through a, to a private adoption agency and that private adoption and can name you as the adoptive parent. Um, so we, it was this crazy, it was like in the 11th hour um, because there was a lot of things happening, but she ended up, I met with her and she, her and I together filled out all this paperwork that we were able to submit. And um, it was like the day before court and we went into court and they were supposed to declare that the girls were moving. And they said, well, actually we have this paperwork that has just been submitted, blah, blah. blah. And so the judge um, gave us, yeah, so eventually, I mean, it's many, many steps, but eventually granted the intervention. So the girls were out of foster care, but still not adopted um, for about, I want to say it was like, what month are we in? It was about 10 months because it was the beginning of January when it happened. Um, so, wow. it yeah, so it was this really crazy thing where a lot of trusting God. Because it didn't look like it was going to happen. It looked like they were going to move to a home and we would never see them again. And we had been their only mommy and daddy for a year. You know, they they didn't know anybody else. Um, But how God worked it out, like we still now get to have, we have a really close relationship with the paternal family. Like their aunt, um, we stay with them. We go up to see our, they live near our family in the Midwest. And um, so we go up every Thanksgiving. Well, last year we got to stay with them. And this year we're getting to stay with them again. So we're going up and we're staying and they get to see all their aunts and uncles and cousins and everybody come and we have dinner together and they get to spend that time with them. And they come down here every spring break. So we get to go to the beach with them every spring break and spend that time building memories and, and a relationship. And so they will know, like, I just, it is the biggest honor of ours, honestly, to get to have that for them because yeah. they will know who, who it just, I, my best friend um, in the whole world, my best friend from uh, 
high school, she was adopted and she's just now finding out stuff about her paternal family that she didn't know um, because she wanted to, she's had, she had a baby and she wanted to know for her baby, all this stuff. And um, to know that my girls have that like available to them, they can ask all those questions. They can get all those questions answered. Um, It's just a really big deal. So we're very, very, very blessed for that. Oh, I love that so much. And I feel like I could talk to you for like two more hours, <laughs> but I have a client coming in, so I have to wrap it yes. up. But yes. thank you so much. Where can people connect with you and learn yes. more about your story? And I just love everything that you share. Your heart is just, I feel like I've known you way longer. I don't even, I don't know, like just when you meet someone like that, it's like, I feel like I've known you. So Anyways, I know we've already been friends for a you. really long time, even though we just got talking today. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Where can people connect with you online? Sure. The best place is Instagram. Um, it's at always more love more is spelled like my last name. So there's two O's in there. So it's always M O O R E love, um, is my Instagram handle. And that is really honestly where I share most of our stories and updates. I I like to tell the really silly stuff. So like we talk a lot about like poop and stuff on there because I think it's funny. And you know, that's what we're dealing. We're dealing. I'm, you know, I'm ankles deep in it right now because (laughs) we have three babies. So, um, that's what, that's what we're doing. I love it. Well, thank you so much again for sharing. Congrats again on forever for your daughters and congrats on your son as well. Four months old. Thank you. Um, and we will, yeah, we'll link everything up for everyone, but thanks for taking the time. Awesome. I can't wait to connect soon.